This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Glad to hear you. Thanks a lot to have you. You'll hear me, and I'll have you. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. Bottom of this hour will be former acting DHS secretary, Chad Wolf. Going to talk about exactly what went down in San Antonio yesterday. How does that happen? Do they come across the border in the semi? Are they um, swimming across the border through the Rio Grande? Are they coming across the, the desert area of the border, and then they get on the semi? How does this work? And remember, the governor of the great state of Texas, Greg Abbott, was checking every single truck that was coming in, and the left had a fit, so he stopped doing that. Now, I would think there'd be some sort of technology to tell if there was body heat in the back of a, of a tractor trailer. I don't know how they insulate these things. But uh, it was so hot that 51 people died. So we'll talk to Chad Wolf about that. What, what policies could be put in place today that would fix this issue and save those lives? Plus, we'll have to get into the lunacy from the January 6th Kabuki Theater about how former President Trump allegedly assaulted two Secret Service agents, leapt over the, the back seat or the front seat of the, of the presidential limousine, and grabbed the steering wheel and was trying to direct the car to go to the Capitol on January 6th. That's what we're supposed to believe on a Tuesday. I mean, you'd have to be in the crazy train to believe that story, but that's what's being reported. And this person, Cassidy, somebody, whatever... And Carrie will have the entire story in a second. Alleges that's what the former president did. 70-something-year-old Donald Trump is diving over the seat, grabbing the steering wheel, and trying to force the limousine to go to the Capitol. But, uh, the chocolate voices here. How you doing, Carrie? I'm doing okay. Carrie getting it done. Polo in the house. Sam making it happen, too. Let's go. Now, this person was some aide to Mark Meadows or something, the, the former chief of staff for President Trump, and allegedly somebody told her, it's his third person, it's hearsay, it's still somehow admitted in the January 6th committee. And after Kerry gives us the story, I actually have an update from, of all places, NBC News. Oh, yes, Kerry, I've got an update from NBC News who checked out the allegations. Okay. Kind of crazy, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. What do you have for me? Uh, this is from Fox News. Despite warnings from his top lawyers, former President Donald Trump insisted on going to the Capitol January 6th, and he, quote, lunged at a Secret Service agent who told him he couldn't, a former White House aide said. Former top aide, Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Cassidy Hutchinson, made the comments in a January 6th committee hearing Tuesday, saying that White House counsel Pat Cipollone, or Pat Cipollone, 
uh, warned repeatedly Trump going to the Capitol could put many people at the White House in legal jeopardy. On January 3rd, Mr. Cipollone had approached me knowing that Mark Meadows had raised the prospect of going to the Capitol on January 6th. Hutchinson said Mr. Cipollone had a brief private conversation where he said to me, we need to make sure this doesn't happen. This would be legally a terrible idea for us. It's my understanding that Mr. Cipollone thought that Mr. Meadows was indeed pushing this along with the president, she added. As Cipollone said something to the effect of, please make sure we don't go up to the Capitol. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable, Hutchinson said. Among the crimes, she said, were obstruction of justice and defrauding the electoral count. Yet even after the White House had relayed to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy of California and others that Trump would not go to the Capitol, the former president declared he would in a speech on the ellipse the morning of January the 6th. Trump left his rally speech expecting he would be taken to the Capitol, Hutchinson said. According to Hutchinson, former Deputy Chief of Staff for Operations Tony Ornato told her he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the -the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen. But when Secret Service agents broke the news to him, the president had a very strong, very angry response to that. Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, quote, I'm the bleeping president. Take me up to the Capitol now. Hutchinson said Ornato also told her Trump tried to grab at the steering wheel, then lunged at the Secret Service agent in charge at the time. Okay. Nick, 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 Carrie, you don't give opinion often. If you don't want to, don't. Mm -hmm. When you first saw that story and you first read that story, as a journalist, did you find it believable? Uh, oh, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. Paul, you buying that? Sounds he assaulted two Secret Service agents and grabbed the steering wheel from the from the back seat. I mean, I know he's tall, but <laughs> he's he's not short. That's true. I mean, because yeah, it's a good point. It's a limo, right? Yes. I mean, and it's a big of, one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of a long reach. Yes, he would have to really be like very nimble at seventy something years old to do all that. Sam, you buying that? I don't think any seven-year-old would do that. I mean, I'm 55 and I wouldn't do that. You're taking me to the Capitol and I'm the, I could see him saying I'm the effing president possibly. I mean, I, I know the guy likes the F word. So, I mean, I, I could see maybe that's happening. Um, and in the speech, he did say, um, I want you to peacefully and patriotically walk down to the Capitol and I'm going to walk with you, which he didn't. And he knew he wasn't going to be walking with them. Um, and go let them know how you feel. Peter Alexander. I think he was formerly of ABC News. And I think he now works for NBC News. Yeah, he's the chief White House correspondent for NBC News. Carrie, you're not going to believe what he just tweeted. Mm, okay. A source close to the Secret Service tells me both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Wow. Carrie, this is Peter Alexander. That's pretty big. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is a guy who only, he only gave Trump a hard time for four years. Yeah. This very wow. guy. And he was with ABC News. And then there was a big hubbub and he ended up going to NBC News. This, he basically is the NBC News version of Jim Acosta. Mm. And he just let me say let me just read it again. Because this is the guy that wants to say Trump grabbed the steering wheel. You know what I mean? This is the guy who wants to say he assaulted two Secret Service agents and went ballistic in the car. A source close to the Secret Service tells me both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted 
and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Now, here's a question. Are we going to hear from these two men in front of the January 6th committee? Well, <laughs> you've been covering this 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 so-called hearing, this trial, this committee. <laughs> of course, you're not going to ask them to come and yeah. talk because, it, because this Cassidy person gets her 15 minutes, right? Oh, and she she's did. out there yapping, and she didn't hear any of this firsthand. She hears some guy who said to some person, said to somebody else pouring coffee or something, that that Trump did this, right? And now, then testifies she... to the fact that she that that, that it happened. Yeah, because it almost sounds like, oh, she must have been in the car then with the president when this happened. She was not. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. this is third yeah. person. Yeah. So in in a in, uh, now again, you've been covering trials forever. If somebody who is giving testimony in a trial says. Somebody else told me that this happened. What's that called? Uh, hearsay. Yes, it is. It's hearsay. Hearsay is not admissible right. in a court of law. I mean, in very rare cases, you can admit hearsay. But this is this is not it. But how this ain't you can't it. prove it? I mean, she said, well, somebody told me this is what happened. Right. But right. how can you prove that? You, you, can't. you can't. Now, let me say something bold. Carrie, because this is going to be bold. You ready for bold? Oh, yes. Instead of bringing her in, when she makes the allegation to the committee, uh, again, this is going to be a bold statement, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the committee should have then invited the limo driver in. What? That's crazy. Now, that would be crazy talk. You stop it. That's crazy. So, in other words, you could bring the person in that he allegedly assaulted. That makes him look bad. the person in. Right. And then bring in the guy who he assaulted, the second guy, who was driving the limo that Trump grabbed the steering wheel of. And under oath, they would have to tell you the truth. Well, it turns out they knew the truth. They knew that these two people would say that never happened. That's actually ludicrous. And that this Cassidy person, who I guess thought she would get the same sort of sweet deal that Johnny Depp's lawyer got or something, if I just show up on TV, maybe I'll get a great deal. Well, Johnny Depp's lawyer actually had to do something. Oh, by the way, Polo, now that I mentioned Johnny Depp, that story's true from yesterday. Everybody reported that last night, that he's getting $310 million to come back as Captain Jack. There you go. I mean, as you said, if they're reporting it, there's probably something to that. Can you imagine? Now, Carrie, what would you do if you're Johnny Depp? Would you take that job? Hmm, for $300 million? $310 million, I hear. Well, I don't know, but they dropped them um, when they heard about these accusations. So I don't know if I would or not. Polo's point yesterday was, this is how you get them back, right, Polo? Take their money. Take their money and then, you know, mm. it's a nice, you know, forget you kind of deal there. Sam, should he should he go and take the money? Yes, and what's funny is that he promised that he would never do it again, even if it was for three hundred million dollars. And now it's more than that. They gave him three hundred ten million just yeah. so that he would look like a liar. <laughs> yep. So, so I mean, for me, um, I kind of see both sides of this. And if I'm Johnny Depp, I go to a different company, a different producer, a different movie maker, and have Mirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> And he's, you know, he's yeah. Captain Mac or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't use, but I, I think <laughs> I, I wouldn't space. use that same studio. I wouldn't because, like I said, they dropped him like a hot potato once his accusations came out. And like now then nothing. you want to give him all this money? Oh, please, Johnny, come back. No. And again, Forget I mean, $310 million is pretty enticing. But if, if sure. he's going to make that much, they're assuming they're going to make a billion or two off of him. 
Oh, yeah. He can go to their studio. I mean, now that everybody loves him again, he won't have any problem getting a nice, lucrative contract somewhere else. So, Paul, you're saying Captain Mac in outer space. You know it. <laughs> He's already space got the character pirate. down. Yeah. I mean, Sam, what do you think? Would you go see Captain Mac? I think that he would do Captain Jack Sparrow with the Pirates of the Caribbean just because he knows he has a huge fan base and he really loves his fans. And that, that'll be and that'll be what he says. I'm not doing it for anybody else other than the fans. I'm doing it for the fans. And the money. Right. Well, <laughs> no, the, the money doesn't matter, $310 million. Are you kidding me? I mean, that, that's pretty funny how fast that story went, though. You said it last night that it was a rumor. And then like two hours later, they were reporting it like on Entertainment Tonight. Then Variety reported it. Then I got a bunch of email from people saying, look, this is a real thing. And then like on some newscast last night on Fox or somebody, they said, oh, it turns out. That Johnny Depp is going to go back as, as Captain Jack Sparrow for $310 million. Very, very interesting. I don't know how we got there, other than to say that I think this Cassie person, because she's young and good looking, thought she would get on camera, in front of the microphone, in front of the cameras, and would get all sorts of lucrative job offers from all these networks. And she did not expect that a Peter Alexander would go and actually do reporting on this and, and announce that no. Um, this didn't happen, according to the, the people that, that she's accusing. Now, John Santucci, who is John Santucci? This is ABC? Yeah, ABC, executive editorial producer at ABC. He says, source close to the Secret Service tells Pierre T. ABC to expect the Secret Service to push back against any allegation of an assault against an, um, against an agent or President Trump reaching for the steering wheel. Carrie, ABC and NBC are both wow. saying that this person lied. That's that's huge. Then we need to hear from those people. Come on now. Ain't going to happen. I, I mean, maybe on this show. I Sam, know. call this Secret Service guy because he's not going to be called into the January 6th committee. Are you kidding me? It, it, it completely just today ends the committee. Just today. They also allege that he said, get rid of the magnetometers because I want people to have their guns when they go to the, to the Capitol. Yeah, you hear I this heard, one? I heard that too. Yeah. Come on, that. dude. What is wrong with them? Did they think we would just buy it? And then immediately Twitter says, Trump knew, or, or he knew. And then you click on it, it's like he knew that people were going to be armed. Carrie, how many people were arrested with firearms at the Capitol that day? Oh, I don't even know. I have no idea. Paul, any idea how many people arrested with firearms at the Capitol that day? I'm assuming none. Right. Exactly zero. There were no firearms on any of the protesters that day. There were no firearms in any of the of the rioters that day. There was no insurrection because there were no firearms. They had no ability to overthrow the government. Yet for some reason, the big tweet today, the big trend was Trump knew. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Specific question about the January 6th fake committee. They were shown to be liars and fabricators of information today by bringing in this Cassie person, never ever subpoenaing the the people that he allegedly assaulted or that he grabbed the steering wheel from. Does this end the charade for you as you watch this thing unfold in Washington? 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot for being here. The Joe Pags Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Even as we converse about it, we have more news on Johnny Depp and whether he'll be coming back. That's the big story out of Hollywood. We'll have that for you in a second. Let me, in the meantime, tell you about the, uh, tell you about the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier, uh, air purifier. We have three of them in the house. They work great. It's got oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. People all over the nation are raving about how well these thunderstorm freshens their, their homes. It really does work very, very well. Musty, mildewy smells just vanish after just a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Now, over 250,000 have already been sold. You know it works. Any odor will disappear when you use the thunderstorm. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. And best of all, no filters to buy, so you save money that way too. Right now, you could save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the entire home protection. You're going to get three units for under $200. It's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for up to $600. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, kitchen, anywhere you need clean, fresh air. And with a special offer, you're getting three units for under 200 bucks. Go right now to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code PAGS3, P-A-G-S, then the number three, to save $200. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAGS3, PAGS3, and the shipping is free as well. All right, Carrie, there's a new update on the Johnny on the Johnny Depp deal. Mm-hmm. So is it happening or not? Uh, apparently, No. From CNN, a representative for Depp has denied that recent report the actor would be returning to the franchise. This is made up, Depp's spokesperson told NBC News. But Jerry Bruck, uh, Bruckheimer, who is the guy who I guess is the producer, he uh, he says not right now, but the future is to be decided, right? Right. Not at this point. The future is yet to be decided. You ever uh, interviewed Jerry Bruckheimer? No. Yeah, I have. I've interviewed him. I'm guessing, yeah, that's where I was yep. going. Yeah. Yep. I was in for Glenn Beck in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm told I'm going to be interviewing. I think that show I had Jerry Bruckheimer and Don King on, which was wow. like, really? Okay, <laughs> let's go. So I'm sitting down with Bruckheimer, who did all the CSI shows, and I love the CSI shows. And I said, you know, if you ever want to have sort of a loud talk show host on CSI, you know, I don't know, they're riding in the car, they hear an update on a story, or the, or the guy's giving a hard time to somebody, whatever. I'm the guy here. And he, and he looks at me, deadpan face, straight face, he said, we're always looking for dead bodies. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Uh, like, really, funny. Jerry? That's, that's, that's the story? Funny. That's what I, I like get from that. Jerry Bruckheimer, my big break with, with uh, Bruckheimer. I did not pursue body. it. Yeah. I did not want to be a dead body on CSI hmm. Miami or whatever. Now, Sam, <laughs> you, you're a CSI person. You, you, would you have wanted Dad to go on there and be a dead body? Listen, I don't know about that part, but it would have been cool to see you on the show. Right? I mean, I'm, why not? They're riding around in the car. The loudmouth talk show host comes on, says something ridiculous, and then, uh, I don't know, they, they charge him with uh, with a crime or something. I don't know. Mm. Could have made that, but he wanted to kill me immediately. I'm like, wait, wait, what's the matter with you, Jerry Bruckheimer? <laughs> he wanted you to be a murderer. What the hell's wrong with you? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. How stupid is this, this whole thing about, about Trump lunging? Uh, huge, short, what's, uh, short for Eugene. What's going on, brother? Hey, how are you doing today, Joe? Living the dream, man. What's happening? Hey, okay, so 
the story is he lunged up there and grabbed the steering wheel. Yes. You're in a, you're in a limousine with a partition window. Mm-hmm. Here comes a six foot five, 280 pound man. He ain't even going to get through the window. No, he's not getting through the window, and it didn't happen. He didn't get out of his seat. This guy's been riding limousines his whole life. He's not grabbing the steering wheel. It's so stupid. And he's not 6'5", 280. He's like 6'2", 6'3", probably 220, 230. Still feels like he's overweight, but can you imagine he's 6'5", 280? He's like a linebacker. That'd be crazy. Uh, Kevin, quickly, go fast. What's up? Thanks, Joe. I've been wanting to get this out all day. Uh, This was an intelligent, articulate, uh, sincere young woman today, the aide. And I'm sure she was relaying what she believed, what she was told. But like the last caller just said there, maybe in the back of my Chevy Malibu, but not from the back of a limousine with the space that's in between there and and the divider and whatnot. Uh, You know, I don't absolve the president of everything. I'm sure he's he had things uh, he did might have played a part in this. Uh, The lives he's saved with his Supreme Court nominations more than make up in my mind for anything he may have done. To think that it's just ludicrous that he jumped up and grabbed this steering wheel. And I hope these agents that you referred to, I just heard about that. From I, I got to run. Uh, the latest that I get is that they are willing to go in front of the committee and testify under oath. I hope it happens. Keep it here for, uh, for Chad Wolf. This is the Joe Pag Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young man back. He's the former acting DHS secretary, now the executive director over at AFP, uh, which is AmericaFirstPolicy.com. It's Chad Wolf. Chad, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I'm doing well as well. Uh, we wanted to reach out to you today, and I thank you for making time. I know how busy you are. Um, but we had this thing happen just down the road in the southwest side of San Antonio. My flagship, as you know, is WOAI in San Antonio. And we had a situation like this two or three years ago. And now there's another situation where you've got 50 people that we know of that are dead. It could even go higher than that. That were in the back of a tractor trailer, obviously human smuggled across the border. First and foremost, how does this even work? They can't take the tractor trailer filled with people in the back across the border legally. So do they cross the border at the river? Do they cross the border through the desert and then get in the back of a tractor trailer? How does this work, Chad? Well, I think there's a couple of different scenarios. I think we're still waiting on law enforcement to do sort of that investigative work to give us the details, but there's probably two different scenarios. One is they came across in that tractor trailer truck uh, through a port of entry there in South Texas, maybe it was Laredo, uh, but other parts as well, uh, smuggled or hidden in compartments in that tractor trailer truck, or they came across uh, on foot in the desert, uh, then met up with a smuggler who then put them in the tractor trailer truck for parts unknown uh, throughout the country. So there's a couple of different scenarios at play, but I think the end result obviously is a tragedy at the end of the day, but it's really the cause of the Biden administration's policies that are incentivizing and encouraging individuals to put their lives in the hands of the cartels and the smugglers and the traffickers, because they know what most individuals know, that if you get here in the United States, 
under the policies of this administration, you are likely going to stay here in the United States. You are not to be removed. You're not going to be returned back to your home country. You're going to get to stay here. And that's what they want at the end of the day. And obviously, these people aren't sitting at home in Guatemala, El Salvador, Brazil, wherever they happen to be, or Haiti, um, saying, you know, maybe we'll just head north of 1,500 miles today. They're being incentivized by, as you said, what the Biden administration is doing. Then the drug cartels lie to them and say, we're going to get you there. Just give me $5,000. If you don't have the $5,000, we'll give you credit. You'll owe it to us. You, we'll sort of own you for two or three years once yeah. you get to America. Maybe we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll sex traffic your daughter for a couple of years. No big deal. You're going to have a better life. They're lying their faces off. And a lot of this wasn't happening while you were in charge and under Donald Trump. What changed? Everything? Did they just say, that's it? We have no more border uh, border at all? Come across the border. Once you get here, as you said, you can stay. But these people are being lied to. These are the real victims, aren't they? Well, they are. At the end of the day, look, the cartels and the, and the traffickers, they're going to lie to these migrants every day. It doesn't matter which administration is in power. But I think the difference between the, the last administration and this administration is one messaging. We were very firm on, on what was legal and what was illegal and what individuals should and should not do. And I think you contrast that with the Biden administration. And if you recall, last year during the first month or two of their administration, they were saying things such as, you can come, just don't come now. Uh, and the border is open. And so I think they were incentivizing, they continue to incentivize folks. And then you have to look at the policies, right? They ended the border wall system. They ended the Remain in Mexico program. They ended the asylum cooperative agreements. And so they've taken down each successful policy that kept that border under control and kept it secure. And they've taken that away and they have not put anything in its place. And so the result is a wide open border allowing cartels and smugglers and traffickers to push individuals as well as illegal narcotics across that border without any deterrence. They are not afraid of being caught. They are not afraid of being discovered. And that's why you see them, you see these images on TV of 200, 300 coming across that border all right. at once. Uh, we had curtailed that in, in 2019 and 2020. And we're looking at over 200,000 a month coming across. By the way, it's Chad Wolf, former DHS secretary, acting secretary under Donald Trump, also the executive director, AFP, AmericaFirstPolicy.com is the website. Go there. Uh, we had that whittled down to almost nothing, and we had Mexico working with us, and we had the Northern Triangle working with us. Uh, Chad, we're sending billions of dollars to the Northern Triangle, yet they're still not using that money to make jobs for their own people, to incentivize them to stay there, so they all think there's a better life here. But as you just said very, very eloquently, these drug cartels don't care. They want the money. They want the sex trafficking. They want the human trafficking. They want the drug trafficking. They want the fentanyl to come across the border. They're just collecting dollars. They don't care. And by the way, and I'm sure you know this, a lot of these people who died went to the pediatric unit uh, in the San Antonio hospitals. You got children sure. dying in the back of 200 degree trucks and nobody seems to care on this side uh, with the policymakers in, in Washington or certainly in the Mexican side where they're making millions of dollars. What, what do we do? Yeah, it, you, well, you're absolutely right. I think this is the most inhumane border security and immigration policy that we have had in decades and decades, as far as I can tell, going back, we are incentivizing, we are telling people that it's okay to come to the border. It's okay to put your your lives and your children's lives in the hands of these smugglers. And, and they don't care about these individuals. They are after profit and money, and that is it. And if 45 or 46 or 50 people die in the back of a tractor trailer truck, guess what? They don't lose any sleep over it. And they're going to do it again tomorrow. And so you have to disincentivize people. You have to tell them the truth about coming to the country, you can come, there's a legal way, there's a right way to do it, there's a process and you get vetted to come into the country and then there's an illegal way and the illegal way is wrong and there has to be consequences to that. 
But the Biden administration doesn't want to impose those consequences. And, and so they're not making hard decisions. And I think it's having a really detrimental effect along that along that border. But again, you know, you were talking about Mexico and Central America and working with our partners down there. Well, think about it. If, if you're the president of Mexico or those Central American countries and you have the United States leaning on you, asking you to do more and more and more to cartel, curtail, you know, the traffic up. But yet you look at the United States and they're not doing anything. Right. They're doing nothing to disincentivize what is going on. So. In effect, we are making it more difficult for Mexico and Central America to do their job because we are attracting them and we're telling them it's okay to come to the border. Former acting uh, secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, it's Chad Wolf, W-O-L-F. Look him up. Go go to AFP, uh, which is AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Um, when we look at what happened in Uvalde with the 21 people who were innocent killed in a school, Immediately, the left knee-jerk reacted, let's take guns away, let's suspend the Second Amendment, let's pass all sorts of legislation. Chad, hardly anybody's talking about 50 dead people in the back of a truck today, which blows my mind. You've got more than double what we saw in Uvalde. I don't support either one, obviously. I want people who are innocent to to be alive and and safe and enjoy freedom and liberty. But nobody's going to talk about this because this would make them examine their policy that that's not working right now. So if you have the button and you could press the button, would you just go back to everything you guys were doing under Trump? It was it working that well? And, it, and is well, it your belief yeah, that that it, Biden it, and, it, the, and the administration changed everything just to say Trump was doing it wrong and they didn't really even consider what they were doing? I think that's right. I think you got to go back to to tested and proven measures. Yeah. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Don't need to reinvent the process. You go back to what works. And I think we gave him a pretty good uh, uh, roadmap on what works at the end of the day. Look, why the administration is taking the tone and the approach that they're taking now, I think is a couple of different factors. One, they don't they don't like immigration enforcement. They won't enforce immigration law. They think anyone who comes to that border has a right to be here in the United States, even though that's not what the law says. It's not what Congress has said. Uh, and then I think they are held captive to the, the far left of their party at the end of the day. And I think that's having an impact regardless of why they're doing it, I think most reasonable Americans kind of throw their hands up and say, this is crazy. This is absolutely absurd what's going on. Since Joe Biden has been president and the Biden administration's policies on immigration, we have let in almost 1.3 million illegal aliens, released them into the interior of this country. That's almost the size of Dallas, Texas. Do do you Um, think we even know where they are, Chad? I don't think we know where they are. Well, no, no, we have we have no idea where the vast majority of those folks are because they're not showing up to their immigration court hearings. Would you? I mean, they, they give you a phone. They give you 600 bucks on a card. They tell you, I'll fly you anywhere you want to go. Just promise me you'll come back. And then when we ask about the smartphones, the answer we get from the press secretary is, well, that's the way we can track them. They'll throw the phone away, Chad. We'll never see these people again. I think the number was 5% is who comes back for the court date. I mean, it's about right. And of course, those asking for asylum, what is the number? 80% get denied? Why would they go back to a court date where they know they're going to be sent back? Well, that well, that's exactly right. And that's the game that they're playing. And, and the asylum system is broken. Uh, it's wrought with fraud. And I know that. The Biden administration knows that. That's what the data and the statistics tell you. But they don't care. And they're ignoring the problem at the end of the day. They they see the issue as we just simply need to process more and more of these individuals into the country and we need to do it quicker. Yeah. We need to stop the lines or you know, not have anyone under bridges in Del Rio or anywhere else. We just need to process them quicker and that solves the problem. And that's exactly the wrong approach to solving this, this very, very difficult problem. It takes will, it takes leadership, 
And unfortunately, those in, in D.C. have none of that. They have no vision, and it's impacting the men and women of the Border Patrol. It's impacting communities in Texas, but across the country as well, particularly when we talk about the illegal narcotics coming in. I'm glad you brought up, you brought up Del Rio. By the way, former acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf. Go and check him out, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. That's where he's the executive director. Nobody in Haiti knows where Del Rio, Texas is. They didn't just jump on a boat from Haiti and, and, and trek through Mexico. In fact, a lot of them, from what I understand, were living in Brazil, and then they were brought from Brazil up to Del Rio, Texas. What was the game there, do you think? The, the, the drug cartels saw a site where they thought that they could make this happen, put 15,000 people who were illegally there right on our border under the bridge and see what we do about it? What was the game? Again, I grew up in South Florida. People in Haiti know where, where South Florida was. They don't know where Del Rio, Texas is because nobody's thinking about Del Rio, Texas in Haiti. How did that go down, do you think? Well, because I think they know uh, not only the Haitians, but obviously the cartels, they know... And they saw it last year that if you get across that border, no one's being removed. No one's being sent back. Uh, and if you are being sent back under Title 42, you can simply turn around the next day and try it again and again and again. And so I think they, they saw an opening and they saw a window there. It was unlike during the Trump administration where we said you had to wait in Mexico or you, we were going we to send you back to Guatemala or Honduras if you yeah. didn't seek asylum there. None of that is in play now. And so there's simply... Um, uh, adhering to, to what the cartels want them to do when they say, look, if they come in and they, they, they are seeking asylum, we have to let them stay here. And that's simply not the case. They want you to believe that's what the law says, uh, but there are other ways to, to implement that provision of law. And we did that with the Remain in Mexico program. Right. There's other ways to do this uh, that are more effective than this catch and release policy uh, that they're back to. Two last questions for Chad Wolf, former DHS secretary. I appreciate your time today on short notice. Uh, number one, if we got enough judges and enough makeshift courthouses, couldn't we adjudicate these people as they come in and then 80% go back immediately? Couldn't, couldn't that happen right now on the spot? Why wait two years? I don't get it. Well, it, it, it would help. But you, what you also have to do is you also when you plus up judges, you also have to increase the number of ICE immigration attorneys. Right. And, and what we've seen from Congress over the past six years is they don't give ICE any more resources. So it's not enough just to, to surge judges down there. You often have to surge the prosecutors down there as well. So it's, uh, you've got to do both of them at the same time. Last question has to be, um, I know that you're in contact with Border Patrol agents. I am all the time. I hear from them all the time. The morale is in, is in the dustbin. Um, they are not feeling like they've, anybody's got their back in Washington. When Mayorkas showed up, they turned their back to him. Some of them did. Um, they know that they're putting their lives on the line every day to protect our sovereignty and protect our freedom and liberty here. But they become processors. That's who they are. People come across, they're not even allowed to do anything. In fact, uh, Biden's still trying to figure out how to punish the guy on horseback that was just doing what he was trained to do to stop people from illegally entering the country. What are you hearing from Border Patrol agents? Are, are, is there a fear that there'll be a mass exodus? Do they feel like they're getting any support at all? Well, I think you're right. I think the confidence and their morale is is as low as it can get at the moment. There's retention issues. There's hiring issues. We see early retirement occurring. And it's all because it goes back to leadership. And they don't see and they don't have the leadership at the highest levels of both the department and the president. And so when you when you have folks attacking you day in and day out, like they did the, the horseback uh, patrol and agents and officers, yeah. or they, they say on the Sunday shows and any time else that they can say it is the border is closed, the border is secure, and we have operational control. And yet, if you're a Border Patrol agent, you're seeing 8,000 individuals cross illegally every single day. 
with probably another 2,000 getting away that you never come into contact with, so that you know that your political leadership is not being honest with the American people. And that has an effect on you as a law enforcement officer. They live in these communities along the border. They want to see the crisis and the problem fixed, and they want the tools to do it. And they're not getting any support. They're not getting the resources, and they're not getting the tools and the policies that they need. And so obviously their confidence is a problem. But they're, look, they're all patriots. They're going to yeah. continue to do their job at the end of the day. But we need to give them the support that they need. And they're not getting it uh, right now, unfortunately. That's exactly what I'm hearing as well. America First Policy Institute uh, Executive Director Chad Wolf, former DHS Secretary as well. Chad, thanks a million for jumping in the seat on, on short notice today. This story is so uh, un- unbelievably sad. Uh, 50 people are just dead now, many yeah. of them children. And this this administration doesn't appear to be willing to do anything to stop them from happening again today and tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Let's do it again All soon, right. my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Bag Show. to have Chad Wolf on today. He did a good job as the DHX sec- secretary. We need to have more people like him, like like Trump, to make policies that make sense on the border. We do want immigration, obviously, just not done illegally. We allow a million legal immigrants a year into this country. Why do we have to allow so many illegally as well and then do very little about them once they're here? It just doesn't make any sense. And again, nobody's talking about 51 dead illegal immigrants because if they talk about 51 dead people, then they have to make excuses for their policies that are enticing people to come here. And they don't have any answers for that, to be honest. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. James is in Texas. James, what's going on? Hi. Hey, good show as usual. I really Thank appreciate you. you doing what you do. Thanks, man. Uh, this uh, immigration stuff of busing and flying these illegal immigrants all over the country what is to keep this puppet in the White House from implementing amnesty for all? Once he does that, all of these that have been transported all over this country are intermediate citizens and have the right to vote. I, I believe that's what's in the plans. They're probably planning on doing it before 2022 comes. I mean, 2023 comes around. Well, he can't do it. He can't. He can do it on his own. He would need. He would need Congress to do it. Yeah. Well. He would. <laughs> Considering what Congress has done so far along with him. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't. I sure don't want it to happen, but uh, I just keep hearing in circles that they want mass amnesty for all these. And I mean, because the only way they get into office, the Democrats, is through cheating. That's it. Well, I agree. And, and James, I'll, I'll give you a better answer as you listen on the radio, and I appreciate the call today. Uh, amnesty doesn't mean citizenship, but it does mean that the illegalities, the violations of law that they that they made would be tossed aside. Then they could work on becoming citizens. They don't just become citizens. It doesn't happen that way. But it can't be done on an executive level or else Obama would have done it. Obama did have the House and Senate for two years. And he didn't do this. What he did was DACA, Deferred Adjudication for Childhood Arrivals. DACA said, you're here illegally. We can't change that status because of the laws. 
but we will not prosecute you. We will not adjudicate you for two years. Give us three, four, five hundred bucks, whatever it was. You can go and get in-state tuition. You can go and compete for jobs against Americans, but you're still here illegally. And then two years down the road, you could sign up again. Trump tried to stop DACA, and uh, it didn't work. I think if DACA were to go to the Supreme Court again now, it'd probably be tossed out. It goes against the law of the land. The law of the land is immigration law, and you can't just say, I don't feel like adjudicating you right now. We're going to kick the, the, the ball down or kick the cane down the road. Having said that, he does have the House and Senate right now, but he would never get amnesty through the Senate. The Senate's 50-50, and at least Cinema, who's a Democrat, who's in Arizona, she wants to keep her job, would vote against amnesty for people coming here illegally. She wants a stronger border, even though she is a moderate Democrat. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Much more to come. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show.